Welcome to the Women's Wellness Psychiatry Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm your host, Anna Glazer, MD, a reproductive and integrative psychiatrist here to help you make sense of the complex world of women's mental health. If your goal is to improve your emotional well-being, find fulfillment, and feel like your best self, you're in the right place. Welcome, my listener friends. Now, I know the last few years have been very challenging for so many during the pandemic, between illness and loss. And there's also been a different kind of loss, which is the loss of some cognitive and mental function that a lot of individuals have experienced during this period of time. Brain fog is actually the most common description that I hear from a number of my patients who are struggling with the mental health effects of long COVID. This usually means a combination of some challenges with attention, memory, organization, and language. This is part of long COVID, which often also comes with anxiety, depression, mood symptoms, fatigue, and sleep challenges. It comes with many potential symptoms. There could be 10 individuals who are struggling with symptoms of long COVID, and they all look very different. Long COVID is associated with things like fatigue and headaches, sometimes with physical symptoms like shortness of breath or loss of sensations like smell, the brain fog, which is what we'll talk a little bit more about and some of the cognitive impairment that goes with that, neuropathy, muscle pains, challenges with sleep, and various other multi-system symptoms. Now, there are also higher rates of long COVID in women, which is something that we'll talk about in a minute. And one of the main reasons we're talking about this topic on this podcast. Besides being female, there are a few other risk factors that increase the chance of someone experiencing symptoms of long COVID. That could be things like someone who's living with social isolation, with decreased physical activity, a change in lifestyle, and some pandemic-related social and economic insecurities. All of those things can contribute to the development of the physical and psychological symptoms of long COVID. And it's challenging because COVID often leads to those things like social isolation or social and economic insecurities. And then it's those things that then predispose someone potentially to the long COVID, which can last months or sometimes even years. The other challenge is that many psychiatric symptoms are part of long COVID, and there's an explosion in mental health needs over the pandemic, making treatment resources even harder to access. I know there's been a lot of patients who've contacted me, for example, and they let me know that they've tried to contact many other clinicians and everyone is full. And a lot of my colleagues are mentioning that their practices are full because there's really been an explosion in pandemic-related mental health crises. So what are the numbers? According to the U.S. CDC, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, long COVID symptoms can impact as many as one in five adult survivors of the illness, and that's regardless of how mild the initial infection originally was. This seems to be about double the number that originally researchers hypothesized earlier in the pandemic. There's been several meta-analyses that have tried to figure out these numbers, and depending on the study, Anywhere from 18 to 29% suggest that there's long COVID cognitive symptoms. And one study actually noted that it was as high as 
22% a full 12 months after infection. That's almost a quarter of individuals struggling with cognitive symptoms a year later. Let's think about the implications of that, the implications on individual lives and our collective lives in terms of the workforce and contributions to society. The long-term effects of COVID-19 on cognitive performance are a source of concern because it really does implicate and affect people's daily lives. There was a study that focused on some of these long-term cognitive changes, and the descriptions included almost 78% reported difficulty concentrating, 69% reported brain fog, 67% reported forgetfulness, almost 60% had some word-finding difficulties, almost half had challenges with saying or writing words correctly, and about half actually failed to return to work because of ongoing symptoms. About a third lost their job, and almost 20% reported some financial difficulties. That's really significant when you look at those numbers and the implications, again, both for the individual and for our society as a whole. And all of these studies, by the way, I link down below if you want to take a look at the original numbers and data. There was another important study in 2021 that looked at long COVID and brain fog and found that rates were higher in women. And again, this is the reason that we're talking about this topic on the podcast. I've had several recent patients where this is part of the picture. And one of the challenges is in diagnosis because symptoms, whether we're talking about brain fog or some of the other symptoms of long COVID, can be very similar to other conditions. For example, I've had patients who are experiencing perimenopausal-related brain fog. And how do you discern that from long COVID-related brain fog? It's a lot of cognitive challenges with multiple potential causes. It can be a really confusing picture. What if you're someone who has some of these hormonal shifts, and maybe you also have some symptoms of anxiety and depression, which in turn can impact our cognitive function, and the history of COVID infection? How do you know what the cause is? And the answer really is that it's most likely all of the above. All of these things are contributing to the challenges with cognition and focus and brain fog. So what do we do? What are the inter interventions available for managing symptoms of brain fog related to long COVID? Well, the recommendations are really in the early stages. The primary recommendation is that we need to combine services. We need to make sure that someone who is struggling with these symptoms is getting physical health care, mental health care, cognitive rehabilitation, and social services all working together. There was a 2022 meta-analysis of various interventions, and they looked at medications, botanicals, cognitive rehab, mindfulness and relaxation tools. But really the conclusion was that this research is very new and not yet fully developed. There was one recent, very interesting study that actually came out of Yale that suggested that a combination of a nutraceutical, an acetylcysteine NAC, and a prescription medication, guanfacine, which is a medicine that is sometimes used for ADHD and other types of blood pressure, the combination was actually helpful for the cognitive symptoms of long COVID. But again, that study was very small, a total of about 12 individuals, and so the research is still in progress. 
The good news, though, is that we're working on it. Now, much of the numbers and the data that I've shared with you so far has focused really on the cognitive symptoms, really related to that brain fog description that we've been discussing. But long COVID really does have implications for many other mental health symptoms and consequences like anxiety, depression, and sleep challenges. So let's look at those numbers for just a minute. There was a study in 2022 that looked at several hundred patients with COVID-19 and found that a substantial percentage actually had symptoms of PTSD, anxiety, or depression at three and six months after the original infection. And the majority of the patients in that study were women, which is, again, another reason why I think it's important to share this information with you. The numbers from that particular study found that at three months, 37% had PTSD, 36% met criteria for anxiety, and almost half, 47%, had symptoms of depression. At six months, the numbers were not substantially lower, 27% with PTSD, 35% with anxiety, and 41% with depression. And there's so many reasons why PTSD, anxiety, and depression are not uncommon symptoms related to COVID-19. There's PTSD related to the experience of the pandemic, perhaps being ill and requiring medical treatment while also being socially isolated. There could be anxiety related to the illness. A lot of individuals that I've spoken with recently, a lot of my patients are describing health-related anxieties during the pandemic, a fear of getting sick and what the complications of that might be. And depression can definitely arise related to being isolated, socially isolated, or losing function and one's baseline function, or employment and economic challenges. So we're still learning about this condition of long COVID. I'm optimistic that as we do, our treatment options and interventions will improve to help you and others who are struggling with these symptoms. Now, if you are or someone that you know is struggling in an ongoing way with some potential long COVID symptoms, whether those are brain fog, anxiety, depression, sleep challenges, or some of the physical symptoms, I would really encourage you to reach out. That could be to your physician, to your support circle, and to others who may be experiencing similar troubles. Thanks for joining me for this week's episode. As you know, my goal is to share with you the most helpful information that moves you towards emotional well-being. If you have suggestions or questions, I'd love to hear those. And I also always appreciate a rating that will help others find this valuable content. I'm looking forward to connecting with you again next week. Please note that while I am a clinical doctor, this podcast is not a substitute for nor should be taken as medical advice. No specific health advice is being given on this podcast and no physician-client relationship is created by you listening to this podcast. All information provided on this podcast is for informational purposes only.